welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of the Trady Hour. This is uh, season number two and uh, session number two. Really, really looking forward to today's episode. We're going to be talking about quoting and estimating and, and ultimately how is it as leaders for the first time almost in 20 years we need to do our business under inflationary pressures. In other words, the cost of doing business, the cost of material, the cost of labour, the cost of just... I don't know, getting from point A to point B. And if you don't believe me, go to your petrol station and, and figure out how um, the cost of petrol is going through the through the roof. But in fairness, today we're going to be talking about you know the importance of being really, really true to how is it that you're quoting and how is it that you're ultimately learning and getting better at saying yes and or no. If you quoted something, if you quoted something in November or October possibly September, and you are now turning up for the first time, the first time to deliver the work, and it's February, March, or April, you are already 7 to 7.5% in margin behind the eight ball. So we have two great guests with us here tonight, two regulars at the at, at the Trady Hour, and, and, I, and I welcome Matt Adams from Trady Raps. And yeah, when I say Trady Hour and Trady Raps, I'm thinking... Holy moly, what do I need to say? Welcome, Matthew. Looking forward to a great yeah. episode here today. And Brendan Dover from The Drain Man, fresh, fresh from having his passport stamped in the USA recently. Spent a whole week in Indiana. Is it Indiana, mate? Where did you yeah. go? Where were yeah, you? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Indianapolis fresh. So looking forward to uh, get your perspective on um, how the US is moving ahead, how they are moving ahead, or maybe not. And um, again, we're going to be talking a fair bit about pricing, quoting, estimating, the whole importance in business, in trading-based businesses, of choosing who is your customer. So Matt, very quickly for you, how, how's the week been for you? Um, we were in episode number one last week. Great, great episode. It's got a lot of good feedback, great feedback. How's the week been for you? Monday to Monday. Yeah, well, our week was going great. Um, and our month, we've had a, a really bumper month. Uh, on Friday, we had a little bit of a hiccup where our main printer decided to break down. Um, and in a sign shop that basically everything's printed, well, that's a big problem. <laughs> To have, um, but nothing that a quick dash across the border to Adelaide to buy a, a backup printer uh, didn't fix, and we'll we'll back up and running. You know, we went down about two o'clock Friday afternoon. We'll back up and running about ten o'clock this morning. So, man, I love that. I love that. So, you know, your business specialises in helping tradies all over uh, Melbourne and Victoria, and spreading hopefully to the rest of the country as to. You know, you got a, you, you got a beautiful vehicle. Now let's make it even more beautiful by putting your brand and drive around uh, the streets, um, showcasing what is the best choice for our customers. You know, business to business or business to consumers as it relates to the brand: carpenters, electricians, plumbers, and Brendan. Brendan from the Drain Man. I mean, you know, a phenomenal small business that's becoming a uh, a benchmark business, a continual reference point. And, and to a certain degree, Brendan, it's fair to say. You know, you created a movement for um, small plumbing companies, um, particularly in Melbourne and, and, and Victoria, to 
truly consider being niche and being focused on one area of specialty as it relates to their trade-based business. Um, how's the year kicked off for you, mate? I mean, Omicron was a little uh, challenging, but how's the year kicked off for you guys thus far? Uh, it's been – January was okay. Um, February, I haven't got results on just yet, but uh, it's going to be okay again. Um, we're looking forward to a big couple of months until the end of the financial year. Um, interesting times right at the moment, very interesting times. Uh, so as an owner as an owner of a trade-based business, and, and again, you know, the, the core message we want to be discussing here today, and, and, you know, feel free to put your questions into the chat. Actually, let us know where you are uh, right now, wherever you may be listening and joining us live. If you've got any questions as it relates to quoting and winning profitable work, pricing, how do you say no to those customers and or jobs that are not going to be good for you? Feel free to get your uh, get your comments and or questions um, asked and we'll uh, certainly address them. But, Brennan, how do you, um, again, a, a, a business right now for you guys, the drain man that's no longer the uh, the startup business, you know, you have almost 60, 70 uh, uh, people and or uh, assets on the, on, on the road. How, how do you go about... Um, you know, it's been an interesting start to the year. What's been the most interesting thing for your business, your trade-based business? Uh, we found that uh, business to consumer has been a bit uh, a bit slow. Um, and I'm not quite sure as to why that is. I mean, the, the stormwater side of our business has been extremely busy because of all the rain between Christmas and New Year's and it's sort of continued on there, but uh, still was a bit up and down. Um, and they're two distinct areas of our business, so we split them, obviously. Um, our operators work in both sides, but um, they're, they're split apart just from a numbers perspective so we can measure exactly what's going on. Um, we think there's a lot of potential in, in business to business in 2022. Uh, we see... 2022, especially the second half of 2022, being um, full of opportunity uh, for a variety of reasons, um, and it's interesting that a lot of a lot of customers in that business-to-business space are scrambling to find uh, contractors that they can rely upon, not only to get the work done, but also the back-end stuff that you don't necessarily think you're going to get paid for, um, you actually are getting paid for it. It's just you don't realise that you've got to do all the back-end stuff to get paid. Uh, so for us, it's giving them vision that's not only what they expected but then is informative for them to, to go to the next stage or whatever they wanted the vision for. Uh, and that, that stuff, a lot of businesses that we compete with let themselves down in that area. So. Um, We've always uh, put a high value on that internally um, and it's turning out to be a bit of a, ch- a game changer for us. Um, but we, we made a decision 22 years ago, Steph, to get out of general plumbing and not have to compete with um, uh, the general plumbers. Um, I've got to be careful of the way I choose my words. Um, I did hold my breath in there, mate. <laughs> General plumbing can be a race to the bottom, and I'm not interested in a race to the bottom because uh, it's just there's no money usually there. Um, so you, you know, as you were saying earlier, you've 
you've got to make choices and sometimes they're not the easiest choices for you or your customer. Um, and it's not that easy to help a customer understand that you don't want them as a customer anymore. And I, um, I also, um, I see across the uh, the breadth of Australia and, and the multitude of trades we work with that uh, the 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 importance of education, the importance of doing the work that typically you don't get paid for. Like if you think about education, if you think about going to a a high level doctor, a specialist doctor who who sits you down and says, "Look, this is your problem," and they don't mince their words. They actually tell you what the problem is or what 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 the solution needs to be and this is how we're going to go about it and when we have the operation or do this or do that this is how it's going to look for you and we're going to solve this problem so a very consultative education based um, approach to uh, to being the the service or product and service provider and, and I guess um, um, and, and Matt, it'll be really good to hear your um, your, your experience with your uh, business as it relates to how much value do you put to educating your customers as to how you will solve their problem, how you will deliver in some cases because you're doing tradey wraps, deliver their dream. You know, their their vehicle looks like this, and now it's going to look like that. And ultimately, how do you um, go about educating them to their choices and decisions? Sometimes even saving their money. But ultimately, yeah. you're not into making the most money day one. You're into growing customers for life. So education, yeah. customers for life. Can I hear your views on that? Yes. Yeah, so we educate our customers, you know, before the fact on a, on our process. Um, it's like this is what we're going to do. This this is when you pay the deposit. Um, then you know we'll work with you on the design until you're happy. Um, and then, you know, once that's happened, we book you in and get the job done. But even before that, you know, someone will come in and be talking about, oh, you know, I want a full wrap or a half wrap. And, you know, we get talking about it. And to me, like in most cases, there's no need to do a full wrap. Like it's money too, too expensive for what you get. And so, you know, I'm more than happy to say, look, I think we could actually do something really good with a half wrap. You know, it's effectively half the price and you're going to get just as much coverage. And, and that sort of, you know, that helps build confidence to, for the customer to know that you're out to help them. Um, and, you know, we prefer to do half rats anyway because just they're easier, like as in quicker to get through the shop and to do it at a really high standard and all that. So it's sort of a win-win for both. But at the same time, it's important for the customer to know that you're not just there saying we want to sell you the most expensive thing on the market. So proud in terms of what you deliver for them and the end user client. How do you guys go about, um, again, what have you learned over the last one to two years, three years? And, and in recent times where pricing is getting really, like it's no longer a what do I feel like quoting anymore. It's like this is a real, this is going to be the difference between you're going to survive the next five years or not? How 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 are you guys adjusting and adapting to the material and labour increases in costs as to how you're quoting right now? Uh, well, it's interesting. We talk about evolution a lot. We're evolving constantly, uh, and I think that's the way you stay ahead of your competitors. Listen to your customers, build rapport with your customers, and then understand where where 
where they want to be and how much they want to spend uh, and then provide them with the options that are relevant to, to what their needs are, uh, but also sometimes what their budget is. Um, so understanding, uh, there's two very different uh, scenarios, business to consumer and business to business. Uh, people get their ambitions mixed up with their capabilities a fair bit. Uh, they don't understand the cost of, in, in Matt's case, you know, doing a full wrap or a half wrap, there's probably a significant difference in cost. So they go in thinking they need a full, full, uh, a full wrap. And Matt, you're doing the right thing by the customer and telling them you don't need to do a full wrap uh, because they're going to end up with pretty much the same result. They don't have to spend the same amount of money as a full wrap. So that's what we've been on about. Um, and especially over the last probably six to, to eight months, we've been developing a, a, a system, I'll call it, where we identify with the customer and business to consumer what their real situation is and then providing them with the options and quite often it works out in our benefit uh, because we've we've we're focused on the customers as the first priority and i think that's where uh, our success with yarra valley water has come from is we even though yarra valley water customers primarily are not our customers we still treat them as if they're our customers um, and that endears us to Yarra Valley Water and to the customer. Um, and we, we we actually see a, a review of our service to a Yarra Valley Water customer as the most valuable review we can get because they're not motivated to review us. Um, and so they're reasonably harsh on our performance. Um, but from a business-to-business -business perspective, you've got, to, you've got to find out how you can add value. Um, and it's not always about price. Uh, we've recently told a customer um, who I call someone who was using our services. There's a very different... Very different um, um, delineation between someone who uses your services and who, someone who, who, who actually sees value in what you do for them. Uh, and we've actually told them just recently that we don't want to work from anymore. And it's not because of anything else other than the fact that the way they manage the workflow and the way they don't pay. The work is right up our alley. Exactly I love that, Brendan, and it's a really good message. It's a really good message for our uh, for, for, for ourselves here today, but also for our audience. You know, I, I, I always remember one of the first lessons I learned in business is when you look down a microscope, if it's a triangle, it should be a triangle. And if you look through a telescope, microscope, telescope, right? If you look through a telescope, if it's a triangle, it's a triangle, right? And it all depends which lens you choose to look at, which business am I in? What is the business that I'm in? What is the value that I deliver? What is the value that I create? Because in fairness, um, and I love what you just said there, value created but not delivered is of no value. And, and value is directly related to price. There is no two ways about it. Anything 
that is worth buying in life. Low price, high price, mid price is your perception, right? As an owner, a leader, as a consumer, whatever it is, you get to choose. So if you look at if you look at through a microscope and what you're looking at is a triangle and you look at it through a telescope, it must be a triangle as well. So it's a fractal way of looking at things versus, no, 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 I only see it one way regardless of what I choose as my instrument. Because what you see as the leader, what you feel as the leader is ultimately what you then design to be the system that delivers a solution. Now, if you're a sole trader, if you're starting out, and we all did, right? We all started on our own at some point, and the hairdresser started a, started a hairdressing salon, and the plumber started a plumbing business and so forth, right? But the whole thing about business is if you feel you are the best at delivery or you feel the best value is only showing up, whether you're microscoping or telescoping, when you show up, you're going to have a problem. And to me, to me, one of the hardest things you'll do in business is understand that you no longer need to be the person that needs to be the best at delivering the work. And let's just face it, operators get tired, owners get rich. So it's your responsibility to make a decision. Are you missing the goals that you are setting for your business or are you only going as far as your systems allow you? So we've got two choices, goals and going up, or where are the systems that are failing us today because it's those systems that are holding you back from creating the value that in your mind is what your customers need, business to business, business to consumers, and tradies right now, like literally every delivery from a supplier right now is at least 3 to 4% more expensive in price. And if it's not yet, it will be. Yeah. Every person you're hiring, brand new person you're hiring, is at least five to $10,000 more expensive than the last time you hired that same role or same level of expertise. Now, you can stand in the middle of a hurricane and shout at it, and that rhymes with being crazy, right? Or you can truly understand what the hell's going on, and this is the first time in 20 years we are living as leaders managing with high inflation. And this thing's not going away. And, you know, there's global, there's global issues right now that are only going to add to the problem. So when it comes to coding and winning profitable work, in my experience, it comes back to the owner, leader, leadership team. What business are we in and what are we truly wishing to be the solution for the customer that we chose, the job and or product we chose, which means if we get to choose it, there's two choices, Matt, isn't there? One has three letters, the other one has two letters. That's if you yes choose yes, yeah, it's a yes or no. You get to choose. Now, if you have scarcity, and let's talk about scarcity for a moment. What does scarcity sound like when you don't have much work? What does scarcity sound like? Oh, shit, I sort of went to sleep and now I've got a dip in work in progress. What does scarcity look like, sound like, in trades and construction? Sounds like a crow call. Scarcity 
mate, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. I better win the next job and any price running to the bottom will do. So you just bought yourself a job to ensure cash flow is coming in, but cash flow does not rhyme with money in, money out. There should be something left over. Correct. So I guess the, the important thing, and I want to hear from you, Brendan, on this, how many jobs have you as a team, as a leadership team, reviewed in the last 90 days that were just a little bit off, as in what we thought and what is, because of things that were out of your control? We're reviewing uh, jobs and results every day. Um, we're on it. We have to be on it because we're too big an organisation now to, to take our eye off the ball. Um, we need to know whether we're making money on a daily basis. Um, and if we're not making money on a daily basis on particular types of work, then we need to make a decision as to whether we're going to keep doing the work or we're not going to keep doing the work. And if we are going to keep doing the work, we've got to do it in a different way to turn it into a profit because uh, there's no point in doing work just for turnover. Uh, and people, a lot of people don't understand that when they start out in business. Um, they think turnover equals profit, and it ain't, it doesn't, and it never has. Uh, and it's not that easy to make money. Uh, so why you would bust your ass going to work for a man uh, just to buy yourself a job is beyond me. I just, I've, I've never understood it. Uh, I suppose but that's it's real. Been, it's uh, real, Brendan. It's real and it happens. So, oh, what, what, what are three tips? What are three tips you again? You've you've been on a long journey and and you, and you have invested significantly in the business, but also in yourself. Which I think, you know, when I when I look at myself in the mirror, it's more about what I've invested in myself that's truly given me a better chance in life than what I've, I've invested in the business. Because by investing in myself, I have a better chance of making more often than not better decisions or alter decisions quickly because ignorance is not bliss and the person who says that should be killed, right? For you, Brendan, what are three tips you can share with fellow tradies or people in construction-based businesses so that they don't fall into that trap of saying yes to just another job that, you know, in 30 days' time, in 45 days' time, has not left a surplus of cash in the business so that they can be here next year and or reinvest. What are three things you can think, you can share think, in the room right now? I think the number one thing uh, for me back going back in the day was I knew the business had growth, massive growth potential. I also understood that I didn't have all of the things in my skill set that could get me to where it could go. Um, and identifying that and being honest with yourself is probably the first thing. And then engage with someone who you can use as a sounding board, who's you're paying for, their, for them to be a sounding board because then you get the brutal truth. And sometimes the brutal truth ain't that easy to, to live with. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay. You've got to be pretty strong. So you've got to be, uh, you've got to be, you've got to be able to withstand the pressure. Um, if you truly want to grow a business um, and owning your own business is not running around your own truck doing the work, um, in my opinion, um, you know, it's it's coaching people to to get the outcomes 
for you and with you. Uh, you have to jump in the trenches sometimes uh, to do the work and get it done and do the hard yards and and get someone who's in trouble out of trouble uh, with a particular job. Um, but you got to you got to you got to be able to listen to the difficult messages and take it on board and then not make the same mistakes. Um, it's but it's not easy. And the sounding board can't do it for you. They can only give you advice. And you've got to be open enough and probably, um, I don't know what the right word is, but thick-skinned enough, I suppose, to take the advice, even though it hurts, and then think about that and how it can change what you've been doing. Because uh, if, if, if my 22 years in my own business has taught me anything, it's never to stay in the one spot, be prepared to grow and take the knocks um, because people will knock you. There's no doubt about that. It's almost a, it's almost part of our being in Australia. You know, um, the tall poppy syndrome is um, is well and truly alive, and everybody reckons they can do it better. Uh, and good luck to them. But the one thing I kept in, you know, there's been plenty of blokes who have come and worked here and then gone out on their own and they're still working on their own. And I think to myself, you're just a parasite, you know? You're just you're just living off someone else's hard work. You're not you're not making any of your own waves. You just you're just surfing on someone else's wave. Um, and so there's plenty of that sort of goes on. You've just you've got to remain strong, you've got to be prepared to listen, you've got to be prepared to to, to, to even though you take on what other people say, you've got to mould it into what you know is best for your business because you should know your business best because it's your business. Um, but I think the thing that uh, has got this business to where it is is a, a complete dogged determination to never have our service delivery watered down by anyone. doesn't matter who they are or how smart they are or, uh, you know, how much experience they reckon they've got. If they can't do it the drain man way and they can't deliver the customer uh, an experience that that is hard to criticise, um, then they don't fit in here. And, so and, and, in fairness, be- Brendan, and in fairness, Brendan, I mean, you know, as leaders, as stewards, of the standard, if I was to use a different word, you know, our responsibility is to be stewards of the standard. You know, we, we, we ensure and protect the standard. It's also fair to say you can't be perfect. There will be. No. There will be a learning. There will be some criticism. There will be a one-star Google review every so often. But the every so often is the key. But for the yeah, next look, 10 um, jobs, we get 9 out of 10 at four and a half to five stars, and that is that that, that is the standard, right? If you think about if you think about you know what does it take to quote and win profitable work? It takes a reputation. It takes experience. It also takes a lot of muscle to know what quoting and winning profitable work actually means. Yeah, you know, you've got to know that, hang on, 
the last quote I did and what we delivered wasn't on time and on budget for my business and on time and on budget and a little bit more for the customer. If you don't fucking know that, how will you ever know whether you're quoting and winning profitable work? Because it's a gut feel thereafter and that's dangerous. So this is what we see day to day and it typically fires us up because we don't want our clients, we don't want tradies and, and business owners in construction in Australia and New Zealand, which is literally the epicenter for, uh, for our economy right now. We don't want that drama because if this drama hits a brick wall and, and, and there's a chance it might this year, do you know, economists in the late uh, in the late stages of 2021 said they predicted 40% of trade-based and construction-based businesses in Australia will be in voluntary administration within the next 18 months. That was said in November by some very smart people, way smarter than me. And I'm looking at that last year, I'm thinking, I can read the inflationary drama, the cost, the cost drama, the supply people drama that's coming through, and I could sort of figure out where they were going with that very, very bold and very scary statement. Well, and this, and the one we saw last week wasn't the first one. A $5 billion company going down cannot be good for the industry and the trickle effect to the common man and, 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 and his van and what that does for an industry cannot be good. Because that business, let me tell you, at a political level, they'll carve it up into five slots. They'll reopen with a brand new name. It'll be just every every, every part would be a state-owned part. But the drama for people losing homes right now because they were a one-client, one-job-centric business that all it took was a big bad wolf in a, in a red riding coat to blow and huff and puff and blow their homes out. You know, there's people living on the street right now not sure what are they doing as it relates to next week, let alone how they'll be feeding their family. And that's not cool. That's not cool. So our job collectively here today is to help add one little piece of curiosity. I think one of the most important things we do in 2022 in all our businesses is financial mastery. You need to learn the numbers. And if you think you know them, go back and learn them again. Go back and understand the ratios that confirm for you, am I or am I not on the right track here? Because you can get away with it once. You might get away with it twice. You rarely get away with it three times in a row. And right now, things that you're working on that was quoted back in March, back in November, that you are delivering in March, you are 100% guaranteed five to seven, seven to nine percent behind your cost structures because things have gone up and they're not coming back. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So, Matt, what are three tips you can leave us with? Trade Hour Business Benchmark Group. What are three things you can leave us with as it relates to how should, could, as it relates to tips for our business owners listening here today, our tradie-based business owners, how could they be quoting and or winning profitable work better in the next three, six, nine weeks? Yeah. 
Well, one thing I think is you need to check your prices, like your costs, your input costs. You know, I had a, I was writing a quote today for a, for a trade-based business needed 30 A-frames, eight little A-frame signs. Now we, we bought them back in November and then I thought I better just check the price on those, you know, the cost of them, 34% increase. So if I had have quoted just on my knowledge from November, I would have lost money on the job. Now that I've, you know, found out the input cost of them, I can quote it accordingly and I'll actually make money on the job like I should. So I think just don't assume that your material costs or your input costs are going to stay the same. Anything, which is everything these days, it's imported. Like shipping costs have gone through the roof. It has to get passed down. Um, probably the second tip is don't, don't be scared to let a job go if you're, if you are put under pressure to go to a position where you're not going to make money on it. You know, we had a, um, a four van quote, um, full wraps. We put the quote in, um, through, was through a car dealer. You know, we talked to them. I know they've gone with someone else that was like, a thousand dollars cheaper or something like this. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm comfortable with our pricing and what we can deliver for the price. You know, we're happy to let it go. Now we couldn't do that if we didn't have a work in progress schedule of quite a few weeks ahead of us. You know, if we were in that place of scarcity, well, we probably would have taken the job on and we would have lost money on it. So you need to look after your work in progress. Make sure you're putting the effort in to have your pipeline full of the work that you know you can make money on. Um, that's really important. And build um, repeat loyal business. See, if yeah. you sell the job cheap, that's going to be the expectation for that customer. And for they life. didn't know you. They didn't know you. You just took twenty five, thirty percent off the bottom line. And therefore, if they didn't know it, that's their expectation. You've just set a standard and that is a problem. And probably the third one is just to really, you know, know your numbers. Um, I was speaking to a, a one-man guy today. He started in the middle of the pandemic a year ago um, as an electrician. He said he's doing all right. But, you know, he's sort of trying to get his business up and running. And I said to him, I said, mate, you'd need, if I had have known what I know now or been taught what I know now when I first started my business, I'll be so far ahead. You know, I said, you know, we own, our business only got under control when we got some expert advice. And we didn't know what we didn't know, but now we do know what we didn't know. And we're benefit, benefiting from knowing it. So when he's back in, next week or the week after when we do his job, he's happy for me to sit down and go through some information about what he needs to do to get on the right track. So you've got to know your numbers. Don't don't think but it's I thought something. You were in, I thought you were in tradie raps, but have a listen to the care factor there. Like this is a young person starting out in business, regardless how old, they're yeah. young in business, right, and we've all been there. And it's a dark and lonely and fairly exhausting sort of place. And here you are as the guy that's just putting a few bits and pieces on his van or truck, sitting down with him, giving your time. And this is this is the whole thing about do you want to be cheap 
or do you want to be relevant? Now, if you were cheap and needed to spend that half an hour looking for the next job or or trying to go and you know save on a wage or someone in the back in the back um, operations because you can't afford to have an extra person on, you wouldn't be able to give that person the care factor and or hey, let me hold your hand for five minutes. How much is that going to help someone? That's yeah. like priceless, right? And we all have that opportunity to be. Do you want to be cheap? Or do you want to be relevant? Do you want to make impact? Do you want to build a seven-generation business? Do you want to build the business you dreamed of, not the job that's ultimately going to kill you? See, if you just keep on working and chasing the next job and getting paid just enough to make it just to the end of the week and you need to go again, if that's the sort of business you're in or the work you're in, you're typically going to run out of energy and the passion that got you started day one. When it's all done and dusted, we all started with a dream. Don't ever lose the dream. Don't ever lose the fire in your belly to run great. You don't need to grow a big business. But, geez, you should be running a business that gets you excited every day to turn up and do the work. Grow a team that's going to be better than you. Serve customers that say great things about you. That is an amazing business. doesn't have to be big. You could have two, three, five people on your team, 50 if you ever wanted to go there. And it's an amazing thing that gives you the quality of life and business you've always deserved and dreamed of. Brennan, tradey hour almost over for another, uh, for another episode. What's your parting shot as it relates to, again, delivering value to your customers? Great, great customers. How do you leave us on that? On the bottom of every single email I send out, it says it's easy to be cheaper. It's much harder to be better. That caption tells you everything about what I'm about uh, and what eventually what this whole business is about. And everybody's got to be on board. Everybody's got to be rowing the oars in the same direction. Otherwise, you you're gone. You're scuttled. Love that. Great having you here again today, Brendan, and look forward to uh, co-sharing over the next several weeks again. And Matthew, what's your parting shot as it relates to, again, quoting and winning profitable work? Just knowledge. Don't don't jump in. Don't be too quick to jump in. Make sure you've got your prices right. And, you know, it it is more about the service and the extra stuff it's not just about signage or plumbing or whatever it is there's more to it than that and if if you care about someone your client's business you're halfway there yeah i love that so again throughout throughout today's episode we spoke about menu boards think about creating a two quote two option offering for your customers where your margin is not reduced just the offering and how you do it is what the customer chooses let them buy you never need to sell. We spoke about the value, the value created but not delivered is of no value. Value delivered but not perceived, not realised, not understood, not felt is of no value either. So again, what we think is value and we've delivered it, if it hasn't been realised or felt or acknowledged and been grateful for, it's of no value. You need to go back to the drawing board. Ensure that you are price-checking, cross-checking your raw materials, your cost of delivery, 
making sure that you're not assuming that what, what was happening in September, October, November is still the same in February, March, April, May, because it's not. Everything you deliver in March, if you quoted it on, in two, 2021, is typically going to be 5 to 9% more expensive by the time you deliver it. I want to thank Brendan. I want to thank Matthew for another great episode of the Tradey Hour. We look forward to seeing you again next Monday at 4.30, proudly presented by Business Benchmark Group. Thank you, everybody. Have a great afternoon and what a great week it's been in tradey business. Thank you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts, and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.